0: Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. It is a brand new edition of Flyers Daily, a Monday edition, and as always, it's brought to you by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live, and good, the, good amount of things to discuss this week as it was an interesting week in Flyerland. And to do that, as he always does on Monday, you read his work on PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. It is Bill Melter. Bill, you thawed out. Was it cold in the press box?
1: I know it wasn't as cold as I was down at rink. Uh, on no, the <laughs> yeah. Not, not, not nearly, <laughs> not nearly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, w- I came with Anthony Mangione and Joni and, and Russ Cull we carpooled for it. So we got to check out some of the, the fan fest things outside. It was, mm-hmm. it, it was pretty cold, but uh, you know, obviously it, it could, it could have been a lot worse temperature wise. They didn't have to, uh, they didn't have to split a period, you know, splitting, you know, switching sides halfway in the middle of the game or whatever. So, um, so, you know, all that reasonably cooperated It was, I guess, hockey weather, but, um, no, you know, the, the, the whole spectacle of it, um, you know, obviously the, the result of the hockey game was, you know, was disappointing. Um, but the, the event itself, it, it, it's a great event. It's always great to be part of that. Bill, I was, you know, worrying about it a
0: little bit going into it. I'm going as the outdoor games kind of jumped the shark, you know, is, is there still a lot of luster to it? Is there, you know, is it a, something where fans really want to go and, and watch a game from further away and outdoors? But there were 72,000 people there. That place was yeah. jammed. And yeah. when I first walked out for pregame at 7, I'm like, there's not that many people here in the Jonas Brothers, which is getting ready to come on and the whole thing. But when they did player introductions and and the anthem, I looked up and from on the field, and as far as I could see to the very top row, they were jammed. So there obviously is a demand for it still.
1: Uh, yeah, no question. I, you know, as a, as a fan experience, it, it's an amazing thing to go to, whether you've been to a, a couple or not. Um, I think in terms of anticipation, um, if you've, you know, that's probably the Flyers' sixth outdoor game. So it's it, for me, it wasn't something I had circled in the calendar all season. Mm. I really started focusing on it as, as the week approached and obviously the, the final few days beforehand. Um, but I, I was excited for it, you know, by, by the time the game actually rolled around, um, I think you can, I think you can kind of compartmentalize some of these things. I, I think players, the, you know, from a player standpoint, the guys are doing it for the first time. It can be a little overwhelming experience, at least at the beginning, you know, didn't, um, you just look around, you look around the, the whole sight lines are different. You, you know, you're in a football stadium in this case. You never played a game in front of nearly that many people before, or even if you played, on sold, played in sold-out arenas many times, it's just it, it's just a whole different experience for for players being part of it. Um, you know, the if they've done they've been in the playoffs, or whatever they've done the podium thing before, but it's just uh, you know it, it, it's a whole different experience for these guys. Um, you know, from from a media standpoint, um, particularly in the football stadium, it's it's so much real estate to cover. Yeah. Um. You really, you really can't do both locker rooms. For example, you really need to. You need a team covering it to do it. Um. I, I found the press box experience, um, for the Winter Classic here and for the Stadium Series superior to MetLife. Um. I was sitting in the first row of the press box, and a. I found the uh, the Devils the back the numbers on the back of the Devils jersey hard to read from where I was sitting. Yeah. Flies, flyers were better. Flyers were clearer, and then the the monitors were way overhead, um, rather than looking straight ahead. So you yeah. really, really the monitors weren't too much help in in terms of trying trying to catch who who might you know maybe making a play in the corner or, or whatnot. But but still the the overall experience is um, pretty amazing thing.
0: I think one thing it does, you know, Winter Classic is you know, after the holiday break, essentially on New Year's Day, the stadium series happens kind of in the dog days of the season. And it maybe does break up this period of time. There's a little excitement for players going into it. And then uh, now the countdown is kind of on for the players to trade deadline. They don't really look at that. They try not to at least, uh, but the push for the playoffs. So it does kind of break up this kind of point in the season where they get into this lather, rinse, repeat kind of groundhogs day of an NHL player. Uh, with so many games. Um, The one thing about the game, Bill, the ice seemed really good. Um, Obviously the conditions were much better than they were at Lincoln financial field when we had some rain. Um, But what did you think of the game? Because, you know, I felt bad for Sam Harrison. He's got to deal with a breakaway 32 seconds in and Brian Smith and I were talking about it on pregame. And he asked me what the challenge is for the goaltender. And my thing was, you just got to make it feel like a normal game as quickly as possible And even if you're not getting shots, knocking down rims behind the net, dump-ins, playing the puck and doing those things, but he gets a breakaway on him. you know, 32 seconds in, he sure opens them up and beats him. And now it goes into the goalie's head. Um, I I don't think they lost the game uh, because of Sam Harrison. Uh, I didn't think he had his greatest game, but what did you think of the performance?
1: Uh, Well, as from Sam, uh, no, certainly not his best game. Um, You know, the two two rebounds he wanted to have back yeah um you know one of them was a, a blown coverage off of a face-off but still it was a, a pretty fat rebound that he let out on that one the other one the this the smith goal at the doorstep that was a bad rebound that yeah. was a pretty bad rebound and then i really didn't like he second goal of the game um clear sight so yeah yeah clear sighted just just a cycle along the wall um and not not just clear-sighted it was from above the hash marks a little inside the hash marks yeah. beat him to the far side that that's to say you absolutely have to have particularly you go into the third period you're down by two you got to keep it you got to keep it right there and then quickly again you're down by three so not not sam's best game but but you know as a team you could say that for the pretty much for the entire team yeah um you know the the flyers well they, they threw a lot of rubber at the net Got a pretty good number of scoring chances uh, over the course of the game. Finally, they were able, you know, Tippett got the two, Sealer got the, the one in the third period. But every time the Flyers would make a run, they shoot themselves in the foot.
0: Yeah, you know, too many trips in the
1: box. Yeah, whether whether it was just whether it was bad penalties, and when they when they killed that fifth penalty, you know, you're you're down by a goal that should be a momentum creator, but it was two shifts later they score bang bang. And you know, now, now you're now you're down more than you were, you know, coming into the period. And they, they got out of the period down by two, but still, the second period was a period where the Fires really had opportunities to pull even. If, if you do that, you probably have a whole other hockey game on your hands. Even you know, even Jason in in, in the third period, Sealer gets the goal not long after that. Um, Lawton has a just a great A golden opportunity, we right down low, has plenty of net. It didn't, wasn't able to get it to go. It was, it was just, it was just one of those nights. Um, You know, certainly a, certainly a missed opportunity for the Flyers. Not a, right. not a, a horrible game by them, but anytime, anytime you give up six, you know, you gotta, you gotta look at the, you gotta look at the whole team.
0: And, and the thing is too, Bill, the, the missed opportunity part of it is you had a chance to grab two points, prevent New Jersey from getting two points and gap from the three seed to the four seed by nine. Now, all of a sudden, things are much tighter as a result. And I I thought it was interesting, and I talked about this on yesterday's episode, how New Jersey decided to stretch them thin. And, I mean, they took some risk on by really keeping a winger, the weak side winger in the D zone, very high, sacrificing some down below the top of the circle defense abilities to stretch the Flyers out and then get out on the rush. You saw several times in the game where they either were behind a Flyers defender or about a half a step beyond
1: them. And yeah. they really created a lot of havoc in, in that regard. No, they they, they definitely did. It, it, it's something that I think everybody will have in their pre-scouts. I think the flyers can adjust to it. I mean, there, there's a there's a lot of risk in doing that. You're giving up a lot of real estate and you're gonna have guys blow the zone and the puck gets kept at the point. Now all of a sudden there's a wide open chance somewhere. So it's you know, it, it's a strategy that can periodically work, particularly you know, particularly if you're a team that, that's adept at moving the puck out of your zone um it certainly had the fire a little bit a little bit off guard but the the fires were at times a little over aggressive if, if you go back to the yeah you know, if you go back to the heisha breakaway i mean the both defensemen down low in the offensive zone yeah you know i mean that that's especially there was there was no there's no support high now all of a sudden you're facing a breakaway and uh you know those are those are a 50 50 proposition yeah you know? obviously you don't you fault your goalie for not stopping a breakaway. That that was the fault of the team that gave it up. Um yeah do you, do you want to save there of course. Do you sometimes need to save to settle everything in? Yeah you do. It, it, it's all part of the game. But you know to me to me what really stood out of that whole sequence is you had basically York and Sandheim were almost bumped into each other. They were they were together down down low in the attack zone. You know, if if one did is pinching the, the other one has to be up high and you still need a forward rotating high too. Um, just just lapses of detail like that, you know. The uh that play, um, you know, frost loses a face off then loses the Foley. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just uh little things like that. Like uh Steeler tries to step up the blue line now now it's past him and Bastion yeah. scores. You know, it, it, it was that kind of game where, the you know, those little lapses in detail, particularly when you get into these latter season divisional games, they'll they'll kill you.
0: Yeah, and the thing is, to, I mean, if one D pinches down the wall, say on the right side, that lefty then has got to rotate until that forward gets back there to cover that spot or the D gets back, the lefty's got to shade to the middle and back and out a little bit. Up, yeah, yeah you, you just can't be two steps inside the blue line in that spot because – if they get if they chip a puck by you, you're flat-footed and you're not going to catch uh, a guy going the other way. Um, I was happy to see Bill that uh, you know Jack Hughes didn't carve up the Flyers in this game because they've had a hell of a time defending star players in the league, and Hughes is uh, a very high-end piece of talent. Uh, but you know, you look at you know during the five-game losing streak, it was McKinnon, Kucherov, and Pasternak and then the Flyers were in Toronto this past week, and Austin Matthews came out for about nine minutes with his hair on fire and carved the Flyers up for a natural hat trick. You know, Defending those top players takes a lot of diligence and detail, and the Flyers are going to have to be better at that here down the stretch because as I look at their schedule coming up, Bill, I see teams like the New York Rangers, Panarin. I see the Tampa Bay Lightning coming up once again. Pittsburgh with Crosby, uh right. Ovechkin, even though he's not playing that great, uh, with Washington, Toronto again, two more times, Florida and Reinhardt, who's got a forty-six shooting percentage on the power play. Like yeah. they've got to find a way to
1: mitigate the damage these star players are doing. No, absolutely. You you know, uh he, it's it's really hard to shut them down, but you have to do a little better job containing them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean Pasternak is another one, and then they they've have to play Boston again. Patrick always kills them. Yep. Um, you know. So yeah, they they it 100. They had to be better, and and it has to be a game long thing. If you look at that Toronto game, Flyers were the better team in the first period. They were the better team in the first 10 minutes of the second period. Yeah. Um, I think they were out to an eight to one shot lead, getting getting along halfway in the period, and then. You know, you give up one, and then all of a sudden they just they just rolling over you from there. You know, the the natural hat trick, and in the third period, you know he he could have had another one. He could have had a fourth one.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah,
1: you know, because Toronto had the better of the play early on in the third before the Flyers really you know pushed back at them, um. And it, it, it and little things too. And um, what what started, you know, what started the the ball rolling downhill in that hey, second period? Yeah. Exactly right. Yep. Exactly right, you know, and that's uh, you know those, those kind of lapses, you, you can do it. You, you can't do it where you know, bad, and and also bad line changes. Two bad line changes that game were, were yeah. very costly to the Flyers, um, you know. And you can you can carry a lot of the play if you're not a especially if you're not an A-level scoring, and the Flyers are not. You know it, those those little. <laughs> those little lapses will will end up proving very costly more more often than not but especially when you're against top top opponents and you know even even guys that are a level down as, as we saw sure can burn you yeah. um they 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 did a pretty good job containing as you said Hughes Jesper Broad has absolutely killed the Flyers in mm-hmm. his career he was he was fairly quiet in, in the stadium series but um you know, teams have that depth of talent and those high, the top end guys. Go back to the go back to the Ottawa game. Yep. I think everybody knew Giroux was at some point. You know, he's, he's an old, an older star, but still a star. Somebody knew that Giroux at some point was going to step up with a big play for, for Ottawa. And yep. you know, whether it's beyond having guys on your own side that step up for that big play, you have to do a you have to do a better job of making those plays. That, as infrequent, and as difficult as possible.
0: Bill, we're now uh, basically two and a half weeks from the NHL trade deadlines coming up a, a week from this Friday on March 8th. And, you know, the Flyers are still running 11 and seven on a lot of occasions. They did in the stadium yeah. series game as well. Uh, that And that's with Ristolainen shelved right now and yeah. injured. And we don't know exactly how long he's going to be out. And I think a lot of Flyer fans – uh, you know, I'm seeing it on social media right now. They're going to end up standing, Pat. Uh, I, I don't know that you can judge everything just by the trade deadline. Because I have this scenario in my head. Like, I don't think line is a trade deadline move. And he's hurt right now. So I think that that makes it yeah. even less likely. But I could see a scenario where Sean Walker extension came. People going, oh, they bait and switched us on the, that they were selling. But then make the move in the summer for a yeah. defenseman like Ristolainen, and, and, you know, you end up keeping Walker, who fits this system like a glove.
1: No, for sure. And, and and it is a, you know, I, I think you walk away from, from Deadline without decisions made on your expiring contracts, I, I think you do open yourself up for for criticism. Yeah. You know, the, where the Flyers are right now, to me, is it's very similar to kind of where they were 2016, 2018. Mm-hmm. You know, they made the playoffs had ninety six and a ninety eight point season the second time around, but they weren't really they weren't really up with the the top contenders yet. Even though the even though there wasn't a huge point gap, this has not been a yeah you know, this has not been a great year on the on the whole for the Metro. A lot of teams have been a little bit up and down. Yeah. Um, when Carolina scrapped, you when are right. I yeah, understand. yep. So when when you view the bigger picture, I mean the Flyers are are you know kind of in kind of fortunate to be where they are in the standing they've, they've played well they've they've overachieved you no know, all, all of that but I think I I, I do think that it, it's a positive that uh you know Danny Briere and, and Keith Jones and certainly Torts has been banging this drum too they have to do what they have to do with the deadline but that but it's not just the deadline as you said it, it's the off season too uh if, if you end up going past the deadline and you end up losing some guys who could bring in an asset or a prospect for nothing, and you make the playoffs to go out in the first round or whatever the case might be, then then I think it is a, a big missed opportunity, and I do think you're you're open up in that case. But but I, I think you have to take a a little bit of a longer game perspective as to there's the deadline, but then there's what you do before the start of next season.
0: Yeah, before the new league year. Um, Jeff Kirsten sent me this email. He said, "Uh, hey Jason, in light of recent rumors." Uh, about Scott Lawton, not just potentially being traded, but potentially being traded to the Rangers. I know Frege had mentioned that on 32 Thoughts. He said, do you think there's any chance that the brain trust would consider that? He said, I think it would be a bitter pill to swallow from many fans if he were traded in general, yet people would understand it if the return was an offer that couldn't couldn't be refused, as you like to say. And he said, however, having that happen with the Rangers would be a bridge too far, in my humble opinion, what say you and Bill? Uh, Bill, could they be? Could they deal with the Rangers in this situation?
1: I, I think you have to make the deal. Make a deal that's right for the team. Yeah. If it is, if it is with the New York Rangers, it's with the New York Rangers. Listen, Eric Lindros was traded to the, to the New York Rangers. Yeah. Now that was a whole, obviously a whole other scenario. You know, Eric sat for a year, and you know there were all those rumors about Toronto, and ultimately. He gets moved to New York, but I'm, but I'm just saying that, you know, one of the most prominent players in franchise history got moved directly from the Flyers to New York, even after, you know, years, years before they were involved in an arbitration case over who actually traded for his rights. But, but, you know, he, you know, so I'm saying if you could deal with them for that to you make, you make a deal that, that you can, that's the best for your team that's out there. But I agree. It, it, It would definitely be a bitter pill. Um, you know, and I, I, think like most, I think like most Philadelphia fans, um, you know, I, 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 I think a little satisfaction, the fact the Rangers have won one cup in 83 years. Yeah. Right? I did 93. That's it. Yeah. Yep. That's it. That's it. Since 1940, that's it. So, you know, yeah, yeah, maybe we haven't, maybe we haven't won since 75, but it's better than better than one in 81 for 83. Right. Yeah. But it, misery, misery loves company. But, uh, but I, I think in the big picture, you really do have to. Do what's right for the organization and you can't worry about where you trade them to if if, if it works out that
0: way i agree it it feels weird it feels icky but to me if that yields uh, the best return in any trade i'll take the best return yeah and i'll feel icky for a little while um and i know i know lawton does not want to be dealt and I, i think he'd be heartbroken if he was but um that's part part of the business um in the nhl so uh, we'll see where it goes. But what do they do? Do they keep going with eleven and seven until I mean you're in a situation here a lot of times Nick Delari is playing five, six minutes a night. Yeah. I mean, this it's to me, it's just not sustainable.
1: Yeah. And, and not March it though. won't be. <laughs> no, 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 for sure. For sure. I mean, the Flyers, at least, at least in February, difficult, difficult schedule, but not a busy schedule per se. Yeah. Um, that's gonna, you know, that's gonna end soon enough. When you're when you're playing three and fours and four and sixes again, um, you know, and and there's not all there's not a ton of travel involved after this game coming up this week in Chicago. That's it. Every every other game is Eastern time zone, but still, it, 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 to me, to me, it's not sustainable. And you know, you have, I mean, I I think if you look at uh, and mind you, I know you're chased – the Flyers have been chasing the game. You know, the, the last game there, there's some other games recently where they've been have, having to chase the game. But if you look at like no Cates' ice time in the stadium series and some other recent games, no, you know Casey's not playing a lot. Um, yeah. You know you you you'd like to work in you like to work in four. You, there are games you're going to need to roll four lines, right? Yep. And, and anytime you have a guy that goes down, you're playing with a short bench. You know it's uh, it, it's going to hurt you. It's going to add up. Um, you have guys that are playing banged up. I mean. You know, Sean Couture sucked it up and he played in the Stadium Series, but you know, the probably you know probably playing through a pretty nasty contusion, even a charley horse maybe. That's yeah, you know, I mean, he had a little bit of a dead leg thing when he got uh, when he got slashed. Right Two handed. Me. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just that, that's just that's just agonizing. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, not it's not going to keep you out, but it, it's going to hinder you a little bit, right? And yeah. um, you you need to be able to have you need to be able to Give some other guys a little, a little bit of, of extended time to carry you through some of those games, um, and it's just the defensemen don't like running seven. You know, anytime it's an odd number like that, just, uh, to, to me, to me, it's not a sustainable. Thing. Uh, you know, I understand it's not, it's not totally without the occasional benefit, but I think there's more, there's more drawbacks and pops. Yeah,
0: fifteen games in thirty days in the month of March. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to be able, and guys like Kate, are going to have to play more minutes because you can't roll guys like Couturier out for 15 games in in 30 days and play them 21 minutes a night. They just won't survive it. Uh, Bill, are we worried uh, about Joel Farabit all his game? You know, it doesn't look like um, he's not playing well, but he just has not been finding the net. He's now gone eight in his last eight games. He's got two assists. He's a minus seven. Uh, playing over 18 minutes a night. And prior to that, uh, he was a guy that was on the score sheet pretty much every night. And he was a, a very reliable guy for going back into the very beginning of December. I and mean, I can give you the numbers on this, going all the way back to uh, December 7th. In the 23 games, he had nine goals, 16 assists, and 25 points, plus eight. Uh, but now all of a sudden, he's is this just one of those things in an 82-game season that's not going to find the back of the net?
1: yeah i I think it's more a bump in the road than anything else. the shots mm-hmm. are still there chances are still there um you know in the uh in the stadium series he, he like a lot of guys on the TV had little surges there were parts of the game he was very noticeable parts of the game where he wasn't so noticeable but but I think on the whole his body of work this year has been really good um he's still getting shots he's still getting chances right now they're not going in for him and this season he hadn't really because he not really had one of these. You know, but, yeah. uh, you know, at, at eight, nine games, I'm not terribly worried about it. You know, now it becomes 14, 15. You know, yeah, uh, I will start to get a little bit worried about because the Flyers, Flyers need him to to step up big in these, you know, in these upcoming games. Um, Cam Atkins, another one, you know, Cam had that, that long goal drought. I think it was 26 games by the time yep. he scored. But then he had 10 points in five games, five goals, five assists in five games. And you knew that wasn't going to sustain, but okay, you know, find some equilibrium and roll from there. Uh, I, I think Cam's been really, really quiet for about ten games now, and, yeah. and, and you know, another another guy they need contributing offensively, and you know, and I know, you know, I know we just talked about Couturier, um, you know, Coots, he you know he he played through a bit of an injury right before the the All Star break, uh, the the slash the other night but that's another, that's another guy you know um he he came into the stadium series with the same number of, of points as Owen Tippett but they've kind of gone in opposite directions as the yeah. uh seasons progressed a little bit um you know Katori gives you a lot more than just points but still when you when you have a a lineup that relies on a pretty fixed number of guys to to lead the way you know they they do need they do need players to to avoid long drought so with the therapy not not concerned right now but uh does does need i I think just for his own uh for his own psyche you know and and there's a good opportunity coming up in chicago to have a breakout game and then we're not talking about it
0: Yeah, no question. And that's become a really important game uh, for this team, the three-game road trip. uh, You've only gotten the one point in the first two games, uh, so you'll look to grab two against an inferior opponent in Chicago. Last thing, Bill, um, Sean Couturier was named the 20th captain in franchise history. And, you know, in thinking about it, I I thought they weren't going to do it this season. Yeah. But I think when Sean Couturier proved uh, to the coaching staff and management that uh, he was a guy that was going to have that availability – and was going to be able to resume his career after 21 months. I think that was a question mark coming in for a lot of people. You don't want to name a captain and then you know he can't play for an entire year again because uh, you can't lead when you're not going out to play uh, with your teammates. Uh, but he's named the captain. Your thoughts?
1: Can't can't think of a better choice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just in just in terms of a leadership by example. Um, I, I like the I like the story that Travis connectney gave where you know katori said more with a look across the bench than, than he could have said by words and you know he and you, and he's the guy that teammates don't want to let down they they know what he brings every single night you know they know they know that if he's banged up he'll play through it he never makes excuses you know has just just fantastic work habits quietly competitive you know hmm. he, he he's a player who who hates to lose as much as anyone in the room um except for maybe two, three times ever. Yeah. He's, he's not, he's not going to break a stick over the boards. Yeah. Right. Uh, I remember his in the, palm, uh, he's not going to, the,
0: yeah. the captain's not going
1: to panic. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember, I remember in 2018 when he had the practice day collision with Gudas and he, mm-hmm. uh, the knee injury. Yeah. He, he flung his stick at the boards then cause he knew immediately he was, he was injured. Um, but you know, but that that's that's the exception rather than the rule. And and one of the things that one of the things that the Flyers have not been great at until in trying to form this this identity they're trying to work on now, right, is they they got some they got too low, you know. I mm-hmm. uh, I think one of the things that Katoria brings you is that stability. So he you know that as that kind of stabilizing presence who. Everybody in, in everybody in the room knows that when everything's on the line, you know he'll be he'll be playing twenty whatever minutes, and uh, you know and he's always always been one of the guys you look to. I mean, the reason why he wasn't captain sooner was because Cheru was here so long as captain, yeah. and then the injuries happened. Yeah. Uh, other you know otherwise otherwise it might have been it might have been very quickly right after G left, where where uh, Katore was named the new captain. So good solid choice um you know obviously uh, scott Lauden is is a holdover alternate i think everybody figured that would happen and for for connect it's a nice nod to the fact of his uh you know he he's become a more mature hockey but still emotional still obviously Mm -hmm. at times you know kind of loses his head a little bit like the slashing penalty in the stadium series that that was kind of you know that was kind of (laughs) that was <laughs> kind of an old connectney thing, right? Where it just he let the moment get the best of him.
0: Yeah, Brent, but, Brent uh, Smith but, drilled yeah. him in the neutral zone just prior to that. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. No, and, and he, nowhere, yeah. anywhere. And, yeah. And he,
1: yeah, and he was pissed off. And yep. you know, but still, you know, you're you're on you're on a power play there. You have yeah. a chance to tie the game. You you gotta you gotta take the number and, and get it get him next time around. That that's part that is part of growing and maturing. You know. Uh, as a hockey player and, and, and I get it. It's easier. It's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, but uh, yeah, that's a situation where you, you do have to, you have to wait, but you know, but, but as acknowledging him as one of the younger leaders on the team, I, I, I really, I really like it. it. The timing, I think surprised all of us. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but right at, you know, shortly after the all-star break it is a good time to do it. If you're going to do it. So, Um, yeah, so now you know, now now that that step is taken taken care of and and go forward from there on a practical day in and day out level doesn't really change anything. Yeah,
0: it's not going to change who Sean Couturier is. No, he's going to be the same exact guy and do things the same way, which is as a total pro. Um, and uh, we congratulate him on the captaincy and TK for grabbing the alternate captain. A on his sweater as well. Let's wrap it up there. Let's uh, uh, make sure everybody heads over to PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. Check out Bill's work there. And we'll be back tomorrow. Flyers aren't back in action till Wednesday, but uh, we'll be back tomorrow with yet another brand-new Flyers Daily.